hello, welcome back to another episode of No Funkin' Strictly Munkin', the only podcast where if we say something that implies we might sort of be funkin', we can, like it's 2008, we say, whoa, whoa, hey, no funkin', man, no funkin', because all we do is monk. I'm your host, Jake Christie, joined as always by Andre Barra. Andre, how are you? Ho, ho, ho. Uh, I don't know what the hell that was, but uh, I'm good, man. It was a how ho, you? ho. You were trying to understand. I, I don't, it wasn't good, but I know what it was. <clears throat> yeah, my voice is a little raspy. Sorry. Uh, but how are you doing? Uh, I'm good, man. Um, you know, just had some McDonald's, so I'm feeling even better. Oh, absolutely. It's, you know, the, the real real Americans are fueled by McDonald's. Um, that's actually not true. Uh, it's not not true. Um, no, speaking yeah. of people fueled by McDonald's, you know, Usain Bolt, before every race, eats chicken McNuggets. People forget that. Really? How many pieces, though? I think six pieces of chicken McNuggets. Um, he said, and I, I, you know, I think there's a couple things, reasons, but he said, I think this is fair. He said, I've been racing from a young age. I was racing all over the world and I, you know, have to be a pre performance. And the thing I know everywhere was going to have that's not going to upset my stomach is chicken McNuggets. And it's like, you know what? He makes an excellent point. Yeah. It can't, it can't mess you up if it's not made from real meat, right? I mean, that's true. And uh, just a side note. People are always like, oh, man, don't drink, don't eat that stuff. It's not made of real meat. It's like, the reason I'm eating it isn't because I think it's real meat. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> like, not, that's not the price That's not the price we're willing to pay. Here. Like, I, I, it's funny that whenever people talk about stuff like that, it's like, okay, what is, when people are like, you know what's really in McDonald's chicken nuggets? It's like, if the answer is not something that will kill me, obviously it's going to kill me over time, but it's something that will kill me. Like, I don't care. Like, okay, cool. It's like, you know, dehydrated cornmeal. I mean, it's a plantless, it's um, plant-based then. Fuck you. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, we're talking about Mr. Monk and the Man Who Shot Santa Claus. Um, I just want to say straight up, when you saw the title of it, did you think that Monk would be the Man Who Shot Santa Claus? Uh, no, I didn't have, I didn't even think about it, to be honest. I think that, I'll say, I think the construction of the episode, that that's what it is, that Monk is the person who commits the... Um, the crime at the beginning of it, I think, is a lot of fun. Um, it's a nice inversion of uh, the traditional trope of, you know, the murder happening and they have to figure out, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think this this is one of the few examples where, well, at least the person that's mentioned in the episode or whatever isn't, they actually didn't die. Yes. Yes, Santa doesn't die. Now, obviously, someone does die, uh, whatever her name is, Dubois. Um, and she I gets, think. And Dubois Alice, Alice, gets, Alice, Alice, Alice. Dubois gets hit over the head. But there's, it doesn't start off with the murder is the important thing. Um, right. It does start off with a classic Christmas montage, just showing the city at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, a um, little jazzy version of old Christmas trees kicking us off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if they just got stock footage from, like, the year before, because obviously they film a Christmas episode probably in, like, July. It looked like July. Of course. But I'm saying that when they get the shots like the malls with Christmas stuff up, I assume they didn't spend the money to decorate a bunch of public places in Christmas. So I imagine they probably just got stock footage. Or maybe they sent someone up to San Francisco the year before. Anyway. Yeah. In this Christmas time, we see a car with uh, Natalie, Monk, and Julie, and they're in a traffic jam. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately for them, it looks like um, they're late to Monk's appointment with Dr. Kroger. To which I'm a little surprised because obviously Monk mentions the fact that he gets charged for sessions, and I know that that's the way it goes. Like even if you mm-hmm. don't make it or not, but like I, I figured, yeah, I figured like with like Monk and Kroger, like I think there would I, you would have thought there would be some sort of understanding. Like Monk's not gonna miss that appointment unless it's something like truly yes. fucking drastic. Yes, yes, I agree. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know what his policy is, but anyway, he's really frustrated. And uh, Julie's trying to distract him by mentioning that there's a new diamond at the McMillan Museum. Hint, 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 hint. It's called, mm-hmm. I think, what is it? The Star of Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. Um, which just, you know, it sounds real enough. Yeah. It sounds very Ocean Eleven. Mm-hmm. But Monk says, about the meet Ocean's uh, 12 or 13, because at 11 there's no diamonds or anything like that. I don't fucking know, uh, man. I I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm doing the bit where I'm too pedantic. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway. Um, so, he, he says he hates Christmas, and uh, Julie says, well, I like Christmas. And uh, he says, I believe, you wouldn't like it either if you hated it as much as I did. <laughs> Just funny. Well, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Monk hates Christmas, of course, which, to no one's surprise. He hates, and he hates joy, too, specifically. 
Yeah, but like I mean, if you were to, to imagine what monks' Christmases were like, you can only imagine that yes. they are just not the most joyful occasions. Exactly, there was no joyful noise. Right. Anyway, there is a noise. A teddy bear falls from the sky. Yeah, not just one, mm-hmm. several. And uh, you know, Santa's arrived on the scene, and it's uh, you know he's making it rain. Uh, mm-hmm. Not dollar bills, but stuffed animals. Mm-hmm. Just completely flying off the roof. Hopefully, none of them have any sort of battery or like yeah. speaking parts because that would be tough. Yeah, that would damage a car or someone's head. Um, yeah, you gotta double check all that. But yeah, Santa is throwing stuff from a building, um, and Monk hates it. Everyone else loves it. Everyone else is going crazy, which I am a little dubious of. I I'm, I don't think everyone would be mad about it, but they're definitely. I I know enough people to know that there'd be a lot of guys like, hey, what the fuck is this, man? This guy, Christmas isn't for another seven days, man. Yeah, for sure. There were were way too many kids, considering it's December 19th, unless it Mm -hmm. fell on a weekend, there are way too many kids out on the street at this time of day. That's true. And it's not on a weekend because Dr. Kroger doesn't have it. He doesn't have his appointments. There you go. Yeah, and so it's it's a fiat. It's all going on. And Monk is like, I got to stop this guy. And you know that Monk means business because he goes up to the roof. And he gets on the roof, and he basically is like, you know, you're breaking, you're committing a public nuisance. Um, but as he's going up, Natalie tells Julie a thing that might be influencing Monk, which is that it is the anniversary. It's 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 the week of Trudy's death ten years ago. Yeah, which I don't know why I said that backwards like that. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, but yeah, basically, it's the ten year anniversary of her death. And uh, so he might be feeling some some type of way about it. Um, which, to the episode's credit he actually isn't or it doesn't seem that way at all like he's actually pretty normal for what he normally is um but anyways yeah so we cut back like well they're they're still talking down at like ground level when all of a sudden you just hear the chopper sing uh exactly a couple gunshots which you know i always not a great thing when your uh boss runs up to roof and you hear gunshots coming from it um and we didn't see that uh Natalie and Julie run onto the roof, and it's not Monk that has the bullet in him. Monk has no lead inside. It's yeah, Santa no. Claus. Yeah, Santa Claus. Uh, he got he, he got his um wait no, his halls got decked. Good, 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 good. Yes, good. yes, yes, yes. So then we cut to later on after the theme song. Stoudemire comes and talks to Monk. You know, he's trying to be sympathetic, etc. And he's like, you know, Monk's like, it's been a long time since he pulled the trigger, but we learned, thank God. Santa is gonna make it. Um, this isn't a, this isn't of the Santa Claus situation. Santa is not gonna die. Yeah, I gotta say, like when I first, you know, when we saw what happened before, and we see that like Monk is, uh, you know, standing over the guy's body. I, for whatever reason, didn't even think that Monk had shot him. I thought that there was gonna be some other shit, but I was actually mm-hmm. surprised that Monk had it in him to put, yeah, put one Monk, in Santa. Mm, yeah, pull, I mean, hey, he doesn't like Christmas. Um, yeah, and so we cut to Julie making a statement about what happened. And Natalie obstructs uh, justice. I mean, uh, tells Disher that he'll she'll talk to get the rest of the statement another day because she doesn't want him talking to her. Um, but Monk points out that he didn't have a choice, which that's the whole crux of the episode. Yeah, he uh, you know he's calling it self defense, basically saying that. Obvi- I mean, and we know that it's not his gun because he doesn't stay strapped. Exactly. Um, so why the fuck? I mean, I don't know why more people aren't suspicious of the fact that like Santa Claus, for whatever reason, is packing. I mean, it's because obviously the gun isn't and isn't registered to Santa, and it's not registered to Monk, so it could technically be either person's gun. Um, but yes, knowing Monk, we know Monk doesn't say strap. But if you don't know Monk and he's a former cop, I'm not actually. Gonna, I don't mind people assuming that a former cop is more likely to stay strapped than a guy who throws gifts off of a building for Christmas. But fine. We learned that Garrett Price will be there in a minute, who is, of course, for Mr. Monk, uh, gets stuck in traffic. Uh, he's yeah, be I like that. I like that. Yeah. and then, But then Santa, like a player with a concussion leaving the NFL stadium, he gets wheeled by the crowd, and everyone goes crazy. Everyone starts cheering for him. Yeah, the only thing missing was a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. And then that weird music that Fox plays when they go to a commercial. I like the yeah, like the really soft. No, it's a like, piano one. Yeah, that's what. Oh, I'm the, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. When someone gets injured, they play that. It's like, do you really need to play just a softer version of your regular theme song? Anyway, um, they should have played Jack and Diane. Pff, you're just obsessed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I, 
No, it's it's all good. We all we all need to suck on a chili dog at time to time. Um, and as it's going on, everyone starts to notice that Monk is still there, and he's the guy who shot Santa Claus. And I believe someone says, "Think about the kids, man. Lock this guy up." Um, which to which know, he replies, "Fuck them kids, basically." Yeah, exactly. He will no. He says you you know he says he might need a lawyer, and then he wants to wipe his hands off, but of course he can't because they got a test for gunshot residue. Right. Yeah. But obviously he already took care of that. So I don't. Did were they able to even get that evidence off of him or no? He had already wiped Honestly, off. Honestly, it's no? not important. I assume they did. It's not actually important because they know he fired the gun, so I don't mind that they didn't show it. Like, it's not... <clears throat> there's no question about that he fired the gun. Um, yeah. But then a news crew shows up, and apparently it's led by Brandy Barber, who Stalmeyer describes as a vampire with a press pass, which, you know, given the police's uh, it re- interactions with press of the past decade plus, I'm not... I don't feel great about taking Stalmeyer's side here. Um, obviously, she does end up being a villain, but if a police uh, captain were to call so, like a reporter like a name i'd actually be in real life be more inclined to respect the reporter <laughs> yeah you know um but you know he doesn't say anything too out of bounds like calling someone no. a vampire with a press pass is pretty on the t- yes because there are there are actually local news reporters who are bad like who are terrible people like I, I it's not like you know i just it is just funny to think about that now like man because if it, it well, not my point i guess my point is in real life the reporter that a police officer has a problem with isn't the one who does like gotcha human interest stories it'd be the one who you know reports on abuse allegations etc but anyway we learn immediately that brandy is a monster because she goes over the kids and wants a shot of them crying only problem they're not crying yeah so she starts working them up uh you know basically trying to get the tears flowing and uh it seems to work because a few of them she says i hope he doesn't die about santa um which once again this is well after, like, 1996 when the movie came out, I think. Mm-hmm. If Santa dies, whoever puts on his jacket next is the new Santa Claus. Santa Claus is, like, for, like, it doesn't actually matter if Santa dies. So I don't know why they're freaking out so much, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, how old How old were you when you stopped believing in Santa Claus? I didn't want this to come up, but I was definitely the oldest. I mean, I was the last one in my family. I think I was nine, I think I was ten. I was ten. I was, like, three or four. Yeah, I figured as much. I so I just know damn well that you were someone who didn't believe in her forever. And, uh, yeah, I definitely was the last one. Um, and I don't feel good about it. But, hey, at least I... My thing is, I can. I think that if you're still in elementary school, I think it's okay. I do say that just because I was still in elementary school. But I think that's the cutoff of when it starts being weird. I wish I stopped earlier. But also, like, I don't know. Wait, hold on uh, a second. Had the Santa Claus, the movie, had that come out by the time you were in elementary Of course. I mean, the Santa Claus 2 had come out by the time. What are you talking about? So you watched this, you literally watched the Santa Claus and still thought that Santa was a a real thing. Yeah, because I didn't, I was a child. I didn't have that that critical thinking skills. Also, I think the thing is, I think people underestimate. I think this is, believe it or not, I think one of the most important things that I, I personally think people miss about people in general in the world what you believe has significantly more to do with what you want to believe than what evidence is in front of you. Like, and that's just psycho. That's a psychologically th- true thing. Evidence is actually much less important for what you believe than what you want to believe. And if I'm a child, I want to believe in Santa Claus. You know what I mean? And I- obviously, I'm defending myself in that regard. But I think it, that's why kids can believe in Santa Claus because no shit, there's no evidence that Santa Claus is real. But I just think I just think that kid, you feel that way. I just think you feel that way because you were such a good little boy that you just needed some sort of validation for all this. <sighs> Not honestly, not really, because my parents weren't very, like they never used Santa Claus as a cudgel to make me be good. Okay. I think it was I thought that I think it it, it was because I was a good boy, but I think that because my parents were telling me Santa was real, I think I felt like if I stopped believing in Santa, I was like disobeying them. Honestly, because I think what it was. Does that I, make sense? I can see. I can. I can see that for sure. It's because once again, I, my, I, I hate to say this, but like my, me and my brothers are all very, very good kids, and we really never had any, like there's really no carrot or stick either way. In us, we just kind of always were. So like, I never, there never was like a Jake, don't do this, or else you're gonna. Santa's not gonna. It's like no, like I there, I can count on one hand the amount of times that I got in actual serious trouble as a child. So I don't think that was a problem. But anyway. I, once again, I just when I was watching this episode, I'm like, I hope when I stop believing in Santa doesn't come up. Not because I'm super embarrassed about being ten, but I just know damn well Andre was like four. Actually, it was, I thought it was like six, and the fact that he was even younger is like, ugh. 
Anyway. Yeah, my my sister was, uh, yeah, she fucking did it. She woke me up one day and she was like, hey, check this out. And she basically showed me um, my parents bringing in presents and that was it. I think also my parents were very, very committed to it. My mom, my mom more so than my dad. And also my older brother was only two and a half years older than me. So there's really only like two and a half years where he was who he didn't believe in Santa and I did. And at that point I was like seven or eight and I was just kind of like, screw you, Kevin, you don't know anything, you know, that where you don't want to listen to your older brother. Whereas Mm -hmm. I feel like if he was like 11 and I was like four, then I would want to listen to him because I thought he was, you know, but he was also bullying me at the same time. So I didn't want to listen to him ever. So anyway, um, so, uh, they're putting Monkey in the police car. Of course he gets, gets, uh, goes to get put in the front seat because he hates it in the back seat. And, um, you know, Stomar's talking to Brandy and says that Monk is a former cop. He deserves the benefit of the doubt, which definitely don't agree with that, but, you know, whatever. Right. And she swears, I'm not here to rip anyone apart. And then, of course, we cut to the actual news report. And would you believe that she's there to rip Monk apart? Yeah. Um, she's Of course she's going to do that. Uh, we saw her example earlier when she was working up those kids. Mm-hmm. So no surprise to anybody, really. Yes, and from her news report, we learned the victim was a man named Michael Kenworthy, who was a retired parole officer who bought toys, and a disgruntled uh, former police officer shot him. And Monk sees the report, and he concludes that he's the Grinch. He's he's a mean one. He really is an eel. Right, but not only that, but like they basically describe this Michael Kenworthy as being the as people describe him as the nicest person that 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 they've ever met, which. Yeah, I doubt that. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I know the nicest person I met, and I would use that. There's only one person I would use that as a superlative for. Um, Shouts to my good friend Marcus Garrier. Anyway, um, Garrett, his uh, lawyer, is is there, and he has – he's not worried because – it's San Francisco. It's a godless town. People don't care about Christmas. All they need is a couple hippies and heathens on the jury, and, uh, and they're good. Yeah, hippies and heathens seem to be, uh, you know, that's what the whole town is, is based out of. And, you know, I'm surprised that they didn't riff a little bit on the whole hippie thing. Uh, mm-hmm. I kind of disappointed yeah. in a way, actually. Honestly, yeah. I think, yeah, I think that's fair. I really, Mom talking about hippies is great. Um, anyway, Randy's doing a little inventory of the stuff they collected from the, the Santa's bag. And there's a bunch of toys. And uh, there's a walkie-talkie, which they kind of breeze over. And then... Um, Did not notice that the first time, by the way. Yeah, I know, I only noticed it because I remembered, but yeah. Uh, and then there's... But there's one toy he can't give back. You're going to have to carry me. I, I missed a lot in this episode. Sorry. I was arguing with my fantasy football league. Yeah, the real... A page out of the league right here, you know, the show. Yeah. Um, which one are you... Which, so who in the league is the guy who lied about being across the street on 9-11? I mean, in uh, the Twin Towers on 9-11. Oh man, it was uh, the main guy, the one who's no, 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 no. I mean, in your league, who is the guy that is that guy? Oh, uh, I'm kidding. Not, Don't answer. Not me. That. Not me. By the way, for those who think I'm just making Steve Renzi, who is an actor, basically the only <laughs> actor, the the only actor in the league to not do anything else, right? Every single other one, I can name at least one thing they've been in. That's also because I'm me, but still. He was a stand-up, and he always talked about how he decided to do comedy and do acting and stuff because he was in one of the buildings on September 11th. And I think, like, was on the lower floor something like that. And then someone just did a cursory bit of research, and he was nowhere near there. And it's just like, why would you? Anyway, so. <laughs> I gotta say, uh, honestly, that's one of the more entertaining, like, cancelings I've ever heard of. Because just, like, yeah. why? Why? I mean, the thing is, I, I the answer's obvious. It's self-aggrandizement. You want to feel special, et cetera, et cetera. It, it's not, like, whenever something like that happens. I I'm, I very rarely ask why did someone do something like selfish or dumb because it's like people are selfish and dumb, you know. But the question I always wonder is why do you think you get away with it? And I think the problem is when you're a small comedian and you're doing an interview with like the Des Moines Star Register and they ask you about how you got your start in comedy and there's no you're not a, you don't have a big internet presence. That's one thing. But when like I, the I, I can see how it happens. Once again, I don't have sympathy for it because you should never lie about that ever. But I think that people. I think people have too high of an opinion of humanity when they constantly hear things like that. It's like, I can't believe anyone would do that. It's like, I can't believe someone would do that. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty normal. Anyway, 
the thing that he can't put back is that there's a bunny that has blood on it. And I was going to set up the thing where it, he gets the inst- the opposite instruction that Nick Cage gives in Con Air, where Stalmer says, don't put the bunny back in the box. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. Wow, I think that was the only possible way that you could have ever dropped that one. So, I, kudos. You'd be surprised. I mean, I love Con Air deeply, um, so I could find a lot of ways to reference Con Air. Um, anyway... They sit down for an interview with Monk, and Monk explains the story. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess he goes up to the to the to the roof and mm-hmm. you know tries to stop this guy from throwing a bunch of shit off. Uh, to mm-hmm. which Santa Claus tells him that his head was made out of bowel movements. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, he called him a shithead. Yes. And so, in the middle of all this, I guess some sort of struggle occurs or whatever. A gun fo- No, I'm sorry. A gun... No, at first what happens is the, the biscuit falls out of his belt. Yeah, exactly. The biscuit falls out of his belt, and Monk asks him about it, like, if it's licensed and whatever. And obviously, it probably wasn't. No. So, then they get into, like, a little tussle. And, um, and essentially what happens is Monk shot him in self-defense. Yeah, um, he was coming at him with a pipe. Monk grabbed the gun, and he shot yeah. him in the shoulder. Um, two shots. And, uh, pretty good placement to shoot him, yeah. to not kill him. I mean, he's you. Thing is, Monk is uh, he has a lot of deficiencies, but accuracy on what he does is not something that he's bad at. You know, he's uh, he's very accurate. Um, yeah. And of course, Kenworthy said that it's not his gun, and Monk's with the only one with fingerprints on it. Yeah, because um, <clears throat> you know Santa was wearing gloves. Exactly, and. Garrett, he starts his defense. He's like, and, you know, what about the bomb? <laughs> right, yeah. He starts, and, like, it, it made me laugh, but I was just like, it's, wait. It gets annoying. It's it's dumb. It's I I feel exactly even on it because it made me laugh, but I also kind of hate it as a story thing. No, no, it made me laugh, too, but I was also thinking, like, in my head, I was doing the math. I'm like, wait, how long after 9-11 did this episode take place that That's we're still making point. bomb jokes? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that is a good point. I think that... The fact, the fact that 9-11 didn't happen with a bomb, I think, made that you could still do it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, maybe, like, the shoe bomber, you couldn't do it right after. Which, man, fuck that guy, man. I No one... Fuck. Richard I, something? That, yeah. Been. What an asshole. Yeah. It's all to take our goddamn shoes off. And, you know, you don't have to. There's no fucking way. Like, you mean to tell me that that thing that I go in, that I put my hands up, that scans me from head to toe, stop scanning me in my ankles... Go yeah, take a long sure. walk off a short pier, okay? Shut up. Anyway. But yeah, you... Garrett keeps trying to insist that he had a bomb. Um, because apparently juries love bombs. Right. Um, I would actually think it'd be the opposite. Like, they hate bombs, but I guess they love people who stop bombs. I guess that's yes. the whole thing. Here. I think yes. if you stop a bombing, you can basically do whatever you want. Unless you then get accused of being the one to set the bomb. Shouts to Richard Jewell. Is that like um, throwing like a perfect game? What if you throw or like, you... or like, or like hitting the game-winning shot for Villanova? You're never buying a drink in this time again. I think it probably depends um, how famous, how like much you soak up the publicity. Uh, like I'm the guy who like I remember there was a bomb in like a van at in Times Square like a decade ago that a guy like stopped and I don't know his name because I don't think he wanted the publicity. So. But I feel like if you were to, like, make a big deal of it, yeah, probably. And if it was in a smaller town. Like, in New York, no one gives a shit. Um, but, like, if you're in, you know, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and you stop a bombing, yes, I imagine you probably don't ever need to pay for uh, any drink or chislick ever again. Um, that is the, That's a delicacy in South Dakota. Anyway, Garrett backs up. He says, okay, we're not certain there was a bomb. And then, you know, Stoutmire pulls Monk aside and, you know, talks to him one-on-one. Yeah, he talks to him one on one, and he's <clears throat> he's you know he's trying to save him, and Monk he's he's not as like um, unappreciative as I thought he would be. He yeah. actually gives him a lot more um, leeway than 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 we would think, but he's not having any part of that. Yeah, because Stalin's like, is it because it's ten years? Did you black out, etc.? And then he points out the inherent problem Monk has that it's Monk's word against the word of a guy who's Santa Claus. So. Um, you know. Right, which uh, it makes me just wonder, like, just on the side, like, who are you more likely to believe, a retired parole officer or a cop in this day and age? In this day and age. 
if they're tired parole officers giving out uh, presents and there's a cop who has a psychological discharge, definitely the parole officer. I'm not yeah. super enthused about rooting for a parole officer either necessarily, but it's once again, we know Monk, but if a cop who had to lost his badge because of psychological discharge was accused of shooting someone, I'm not, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to be like, yeah. you know, anyway. Um, yeah. As so as the scene's ending, Garrett reminds Monk, hey, think about the bomb. And then uh, we cut to Brandy, uh, who's a fine girl, what a good wife she would be. No. Um, and she's brainstorming. She says that they should go to a nursery school or kindergarten and get, you know, picture, like more scenes of people, kids crying. Yeah, you know, she, she and she's talking about, like, you know, the, the, the main story being that and that basically she hit the fucking lottery with this story. Like, you know, I mean, I don't think it's that great of a story. It's literally the guy lived. I think if he would have died, I think it's maybe. I think it's a pretty good story, actually. I think because you can in make San it, Francisco, I that, don't know, man. I guess that's fair. I guess what I would say is you can make it like Monk gives you enough to make him because the story's not really about Santa Claus. It's about Monk because Monk is a strange right. person, and I think that people are lo- always looking for persona, persona non grata numero uno. Um, yes, so they're always I, looking to cancel, obviously. Yeah, and I so I think that it actually is a pretty good story if you could make it that like. A cop who's that like is crazy is such a stickler about city ordinances that he shot a guy because he was giving away presents. That's a I think that's a big story. Maybe not in San Fran. That's not that's how she's story. framing it though. That's fair. Anyway, uh, she gets a phone call though about Adrian Monk. Yeah, someone dimes him out. Um, basically saying that they saw him burying or like out in the middle of the night, like. With a shovel or like a mini shovel or something, mm-hmm. burying something. So obviously they give a tip of where it happened, and for whatever, I mean, is it anywhere near where Monk lives, or is it just like a random it's, place? I think it's it's near where Monk lives. It's unclear because you never actually see the exterior of Monk's apartment from because I can see. I remember the exterior of his apartment. Didn't Dude, I, you know, like I, you've it. seen it from the front, but it's clearly they're in the back, based on the windows and stuff. So I'm not really sure. Um, but yeah, so they go, they find some fresh dirt, and. Uh, and then they find a little envelope that has a piece of the gun handle in it, which is so suspicious. Because if you're trying to bury that, why would you put it in an envelope? You want to make it seem like it's a random just piece of plastic. Right. You, yeah, like, I, I don't, I just don't understand how you could possibly think this is a smoking gun when it's literally just a piece of whatever. Like, why would he even bother to bury that? You just throw that yeah, shit away. Flush it down the toilet. There's a million different yeah, things you could do with it. anything. Throw it into the fucking, not the East River, but, like, in the goddamn bay. In the bay. You put it, Like, yeah, put it in the bay. Uh, right out, put it in fucking McCovey Cove. You know? Yeah. People might get confused. Just put it in a... your ass. Whatever. Uh, yes! <sighs> I mean, you don't have to tell him twice. Um, yeah. So let me cut to the gift shop. Not the gift shop. The, like, a department store where Monk is getting something wrapped. And, of course, he's being an asshole to the lady wrapping it. Um, and then we get a little redo of, uh, of the scene in the beginning of Mr. Monk goes to a fashion show where uh, Natalie's get, getting a shirt. Yeah, yeah. She's getting a shirt and uh, she's asking, yeah, this is nice, but was it inspected by number eight? Because, as we all know, number eight, uh, you know, Monk helped her out back mm-hmm. in the day. And, um, you know, he just wants to keep supporting her, her, her good work. And we go back to Monk at the counter. This woman's trying her best. Um, I'm really bad at wrapping gifts, so I can sympathize. Um, and I've never but, even wrapped my books. What do you, you don't do what? I, like, in school, I never wrapped my books, even. I, mean, I don't know I, how to wrap anything. Uh, I w- Except for one thing. Hey, hey oh, hey, oh. But what do you mean by wrapping your books? Do you mean it's like to give as a gift? Or was that a thing you did where you wrapped books? No, well, okay, like, all right. So the thing is, like, when you're in private school, uh-huh. you have to turn your books in at the end of the year. Yeah. So if it's in, like, shit condition, mm-hmm. you got to pay for it. So wow. most people wrap their books. Like, you, like, yeah, you, oh. you wrap them. Okay. I In public school, you also need to give your books back at the end of the year, but there's no expectation they're going to be in good condition. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, ours is like yeah, it was. Of bad, course, no, so. it should be. I mean, I mean, not should be, but like um, anyway. Well, this is even worse. It was kind of like my sister went to high school where you had to sell your books. Like it was like college basically. So every summer, like they would, go, they would have like this little fair where they would sell their previous, the, the next incoming classes, mm-hmm. their books. 
one of the big a big advantage of going to art school is that obviously with electives and stuff there's some exceptions but i think i bought i think like truly one actual textbook my entire time in college not because for a couple reasons one because most of my art classes i just need to buy like plays and stuff which actually probably ended up being more expensive because if you're in a class you have to read like 10 plays a play is probably like ten dollars at the drama bookshop which is the one store in new york you can get any play at um which i think actually closed so rest in peace um but a lot of my professors were like the the textbook would be like two books rather than an actual textbook or i had two different professors that just put their the whole textbook on uh their blackboard which was very nice um that's awesome yeah shouts to them and then i i had i think three different classes were one of the textbooks two which was the main two where was the main textbook was the bible which is cool (laughs) that's always fun so I have a I have a gigantic Hebrew Bible. Um, that actually, well, it's actually not. It's yeah, no. I have a Torah? gigantic Hebrew. I have a Hebrew Bible. Well, no, the Torah is just the first part of it. It's actually the Hebrew term is the Tanakh because it's the Torah, Tanakh, yeah. the Ketavim, and the uh, actually no, the Torah. The fuck, I should know this. I'm so sorry, guys. I forget what the, the R is. No, no, Ketavim is the last one. I don't remember what. The, I'm so sorry, guys. I missed the second one. This was freshman year of college. Anyway, so. People start to notice that the man who shot Santa Claus is in the store, and a crowd starts to gather around. Yeah, they start to gather around, um, and wait, I'm sorry, restart this? Uh, as Monk's at the table, people start to notice that he's there, um, and, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so all the kids start to notice that that's Monk. That's the guy who fucking blasted Santa Claus. All the moms want Monk to take a fucking hike. I actually feel bad for Monk here. It's like, I don't care, like, how much, like, I just don't buy that this would be, like, the number one thing that everyone's fucking talking about. Like, Mm -hmm. I just don't. By the way, the second one is the Nevaim, I think it's pronounced, is the prophets. Um, But anyway, yeah, I agree. Um, Although, I think that it is, I've... I don't know. I'm, I really never underestimate a mob. And uh, anyway, um, and it's like, why'd you shoot Santa Claus? And a little kid asks him, and he says, I, I didn't. But I mean, a, a grand jury is about to convene. Do you know what a grand jury is? One of my favorite running jokes with Monk is that Monk has no concept of what kids do and don't know. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, he's not around many of them. Uh, I guess Benji, notwithstanding, and Julie. Yeah. And then as he's running away, he knocks into Joseph, uh, the world's first cock, by the way. Um, and he then knocks... <sighs> Tell me I'm wrong. Make a compelling case that I'm wrong. I'm willing to bet that there was someone in, like, ancient Egypt. That's true. Okay, sorry. Sorry, not the... Okay, how about the world's most famous cock? I think that that's more accurate. Because, yeah, you're right. Mm. Who's... Okay, give me... Okay. Um, I think Joseph's pretty famous. I mean, they got the Bible everywhere. Maybe less so these days, though. I don't think... I no. think there's less okay. people that know who Joseph Shh. is. Then who, though? You have to give me a counterexample. Um, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, Liberty Ross? Liberty, who's Liberty Ross? Um, what's it called? The one, uh, Rupert Sanders' ex-wife. The one that Kristen Stewart cheated on. Oh, no, they're not more famous. They got the fucking Bible. They, they read the Bible in... Hey, listen, Twi- Twilight was a thing, I, man. I understand that. There are two billion Christians in the world, though. Anyway. That is a just yeah. a, that is a ridiculous statement you just said. Now I think that's funny. About- <laughs> I couldn't think of anything better. I, I'm sure yeah, there no. are some comparable. No, sure. No, honestly, comparable. In the if I'm being completely honest, no, there's no famous. Jack person. Nicholson's dad? No, there or, are no famous. Famous people are only famous like the Western world. There, you're limiting yourself to like one billion people. People. No, Jack in- Nicholson. Yeah, Jack Nicholson. What, I would say maybe. 1.52 billion people know who Jack Nicholson is, and less people than that know who his dad is. So I'm not the biggest cock either? No, uh, maybe. You're close. Anyway, <laughs> I cannot believe this one-off joke. You, I, your concept of how popular Christianity is is way off. <laughs> As a Christian, yeah. And also, yeah. your concept of how popular popular culture is is way off, too. Anyway, um, Monk gets told that he's ruining Christmas for everybody. He knocks Jesus out of his little uh, crib. And he's you know, gets... Manger. His manger. Bitch. Sorry, yes. Sorry. I, I, I didn't know if the manger was the name of the whole thing. I was, I was raised Catholic and didn't... I no, that's the whole thing is called the nativity scene. Well, I know, no, I know the. I thought that the structure might have been called the major, but I, I just didn't pay. I didn't pay attention in that part of Sunday school. It was the least interesting part of it. The stories were always least interesting to me because it's like, it's so ironic. I believed in Santa for as long as I did because it's just like, 
like the stuff about like how to live your life or like what the prophecies said and stuff like that that was interesting whereas the stories it's like we all know this isn't true like why are we taking this so seriously anyway um i was an edge lord before that was a thing uh yes and so he's outside. also hold on i'm pushing back okay, i'm pushing back on joseph being the world's first cuck no i said biggest or cuck. most or most famous cuck most biggest, biggest cuck yeah. because technically she wasn't impregnated by an actual dick so that is that's true actually that's true yeah yeah anyway um <laughs> so he monk has an idea though he needs to tell his side of the story because apparently when uh natalie's dad got in hot water because they were selling tainted chinese toothpaste which they just blow by um yeah right he got out yeah. on the offensive yeah he got out on the offensive so he thinks that he's gonna be able to do the same and um and sure enough um he basically sets up uh, an interview at his own house on his yeah. home territory at least mm-hmm Yes, and there's the first problem that the pr- uh, production assistant is trying to get the lavalier li- mic on him, the lapel mic, and mm-hmm. uh, he can't because Monk refused to unbutton one button. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Um, I didn't see he was wearing like a he was wearing the top button button and then like what a Christmas sweater, a Christmas over that? sweater, a Christmas vest sweater. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. And so you can tell Monk decorated his whole apartment to be Christmassy, and mm-hmm. um. As they're setting up, Natalie and Julie come over to Brandy and are like, Christmas is his favorite. He comes to the Christmas pageant every year. Um, but then they do the thing where he's just a little particular. Yeah, you know, they tried buttering him up. But, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, you can clearly tell that the man is uncomfortable in his own house at this yes. point. The thing, this is another one of those things that annoys me that, like, they just don't, they never say obsessive compulsive disorder. Because it's like, because she's yeah. like, I, 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 um, I've, I know about ADD. It's like... Once you start yeah. bringing in another mental diagnosis, it's like he just has compulsions. It's like you're one third of the way there. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not not that it, I don't think it would make a difference here, but it, it it just feels kind of silly where it's like, no, he doesn't just have compulsions. Like that's just an inaccurate reading of the situation, you know? Right. But also, yeah. So she's not the best journalist, and just more proof because they go straight into the interview. Like, yeah. there's no like two minute cool down period nothing she just yeah. and what's surprising to me is that they go fucking live with this yes that's what I, that's an idea too there's no way this interview would be live why yeah this yeah. interview doesn't matter that much and also if you're brandy if you're um brandy whatever her last name is then um i keep on to call it brandy booth which is the name of brad pitt's dog in once upon a time in hollywood anyway um can that, you even interview someone that's under investigation like yes, on tv he, yeah he's only on investigation he hasn't been charged with anything Okay. Um, also, I think you probably can interview someone at any time because think about it. Like, whose right, whose right would be violated? Um, like I said, I, the court could institute. If anything, it would just be like self-incriminating if he yes, fucked up or something. The court probably could institute a gag order, but that would have to be a specific thing. It's not like a rule. Well, anyway, Monk just keeps saying "Merry Christmas" over and over again and showing how much he loves Christmas. Um. Yeah. Uh, he's. Yeah, he's talking about all that. He's doing way too much. And it doesn't take very long before Brandy starts talking about his psychological discharge. Yes. Which, wasn't aware that that was an actual term for it. Maybe it's not. I don't, I don't know. know. But she's, she first points out that the only gift under the tree that's not from Natalie is from Trudy, who died 10 years ago. And he says he hasn't opened Damn. it. And she says, that's unusual behavior, isn't it? And it's like, that's callous. And I don't... Not only... I mean, obviously, she's the bad person. But I feel like that doesn't reflect well on her. If I was watching the interview, I'd be like, that's a shitty that's follow-up actually, question. That's a shitty follow-up question. It's like, and also, it makes him look better because he's like a sentimental guy. Like, yeah. he, you know, that doesn't make any sense for her I, angle. A thing in this interview is that I think from a moral standpoint, she's a bad journalist. But I also think she's a bad journalist in general because did you notice that she's asked no follow-up questions? She just keeps just asking single-pointed questions over and over again and just keeps moving on. It just, I don't know, it felt dumb. I did not notice that. Anyway. Um, but yeah. then she starts asking more questions, and she refers to him as the most reviled man in California, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty sure the Scott Peterson trial was happening around the same right. time. No man. fucking chance was he the most wow. reviled That's true, person. Man. Oh, my God. Remember the Scott Peterson trial? Oof. I still remember the fucking, La- uh, not Lacey, um, Casey Anthony one. Oh, man. Now, hey, I actually was, I've been in the courtroom that that took place in. Um when I did really? my trial, because I did, the state championship is in the Orange County Courthouse. Now the courtroom that that took place is on the top floor. It's like the big one, and I didn't actually perform in there. But that's what the, we went to visit it in between matches. 
Um, and yeah, man, it's uh, the Orange County Courthouse. Shouts to that. It's because it's like thirty stories um, of court. Wait a minute, Scott Peterson's still not dead? No. What do you mean? He wasn't old. And he also they're not. The, California hasn't executed anyone since two thousand five. No, I, but he was in two thousand five. He was sentenced to death by lethal injection. Yeah, California hasn't gone through with any uh, death penalty cases since I think two thousand five. Damn. You, okay. They could just decide not to, which I think they should because the death penalty is moral even if you kill your pregnant wife. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, so he's called the most survived man in California, and he is an obviously Scott Peterson. Good poll, honestly. That's a really good point. Um, and she pulls out a shirt that shows Monk on it and says that he's wanted for Santicide, which Monk says is not a word. Mon- I think I have a problem with that is that C-I-D-E, the, the suffix, means to murder or to kill. So Santa's still alive. That's true. Yeah, that was like, yeah, that's very. That's exactly what my wife pointed out. I'm just like, wow, wow. Um, English is her second language, and she's still la- running laps around you in terms of roots. I just wasn't thinking about it. But anyways, so it's obvious that Monk is gonna blow this, and uh, and sure enough, right after all this, he makes it worse by saying that no, he didn't kill Santa Claus because Santa Claus isn't even a real person, mm-hmm. and. We cut to, like, Sotomayor and Disher, like, sitting at the cop station watching this. And just, basically, it's a slap-your-fucking-forehead moment. Now, when he started doing the interview, did you think that that's where it was going to end up? Because I think that that is the natural place for it to go. I, yeah. Actually, I did. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a bad thing, because I think that sometimes... Sometimes in comedy, there's an idea that's that's obvious, but it's so funny, you just have to be like, yeah. Yeah. We got it. You know? Well, what's even funnier about all this is that, for whatever reason, Disher seems like he's disappointed by the news. Yeah, sad stuff. Captain America, sorry. Yeah, Captain America. Uh, you know, well, he, he believed in Santa Claus. Um, anyway, shots to the guy in episode Mr. Monk Goes to the Asylum. Um, hope he's doing well. Uh, and so, Dennis Butsakaris? Oh, no, the other guy. The guy who's waiting for Santa. Yeah, exactly. And so she pulls out a photo of the gun, Brandy and points out that there's a thing missing on it and then she pulls out the chip um which this is just like she just we're supposed to take her word for it like we found this outside like how do i know where you found that yeah not only that but like she shouldn't be the one divulging this information like of if he didn't know about it already and she also says we're gonna give this to the police afterwards isn't the fact that you held on for the key evidence for 18 hours and like kept it in your possession isn't that obstruction of justice that's a uh, breaking chain of custody yeah, uh, like there's the fact that later Stalmeyer says like they did find it in your backyard. It's like, why are you saying that like, it's a fact? You didn't find it there, right? Exactly. And then of course, to sum it all up, Monk grabs one of his Christmas cookies of Santa and eats Santa's head off, which is funny. Didn't notice that at all. Well, then Stott and Disher visit Kenworthy, who is in a sling. Uh, you noticed that, right? But I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah I did. <laughs> yeah, I did notice that, and I love that when they show up. Uh, Sotomayor immediately cracks wise and says, oh, so this is the North Pole, right? Exactly. That made me laugh. And uh, Disher mentions that they're going to give him back all the toys, except for a rubber snake that's going to his nephew. And Sotomayor insists that Disher doesn't have a nephew. Um, anyway, uh, Sotomayor notices there's, there's some case files for some parolees on the uh, nightstand. Uh, not his nightstand, it's like his end table. And apparently Mike, Michael Kenworthy is still in touch with some of the parolees. And this upsets Stalmeyer, which this is a bad moment. I, I Stalmeyer doesn't look good here. I don't think, even though this guy is actually a criminal, I don't think Stalmeyer like being mad at a guy for at daring to still talk to people who committed burglaries and grand theft autos. Oh, no, sure, sure. Normally, I would be with you one hundred and ten percent, but. We have to keep in mind that this asshole was fucking strapped on a rooftop. That is true. So I'm that not giving true. him any benefit. That's of the true. Job. I I guess what I, I guess it feels like Stahlmeier isn't is not offended by what Kenworthy's doing specifically. He's offended at the notion that anyone would ever want to stay in touch with people who happen to be in jail once. And he also kind of like leers at everyone deserves a second chance, which like, dude, people do deserve second chances, baby. Yes, yes, fair enough, true. Um, and ev- a wise man once said, sometimes goodbye is a second chance. That's not related, but anyway. Um, who said that? Uh, it was a song by the band Shine Down. It was popular in 2009. It was like, so, it was big on the charts. Yeah, a wise man, truly. I mean, you know, I I think Brent Smith is the lead singer shine down. He's wise enough. Who cares? Um, anyway, they ask him what he was doing up on the roof, which is an, the question that no one has an answer to. 
yeah he he's got no answer and he's kind of like not as super forthcoming as it might seem um or at least i don't remember him saying anything well he just says that he wanted to spread christmas cheer and when they're like we don't believe you they he tells them to take a hike yeah i just want to know how this progressed like he did he go from being uh you know a parole officer to like volunteering to be santa claus at the mall or something or is this just something he just decided to do i think no he decided to do it because he wanted to be the he needed a diversion cover no for sure but it's just like how would you how like at some point this was going to be called into question yes no actually no probably not because if he didn't get shot it should have been called into question no, but if he didn't get shot, it would just be, like, who the hell was the guy who was Santa, and he never had, no one would ever have known it was him. No, it would have been, they would have come up because the Star of Bethlehem would have gotten stolen, and what right. would have happened around there? Oh, uh, right. No, but I'm saying that they never would have known that it was Michael Kenworthy. No, probably not. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, Stamar, as he's leaving, says, you know, something that should really make Kenworthy shake his boots. The problem is either you're lying or Monk is. And obviously, we know that Monk's not lying. He doesn't lie. Right. So, obviously, then, yeah. they know. They know something's up. And then we cut to the night, and Kenworthy is uh, ringing a bell. Yeah, he's uh, he's not outside of Bloomingdale's asking for change, but he's outside of some sort of church. That's mm-hmm. what it seems to be, right? Yes. Um, and, you know, he's ringing that little Salvation Army bell, asking for change, and... Uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier, Alice Dupois is coming for night service, and... No, she's she going to her, her, she's go oh, she's leaving her. She's going to her apartment. All right, whatever. She's somewhere she's, she's somewhere there for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um and she gets her bell rung. Well, yes, cuz first someone I got tries to mug her with a knife and she's pepper sprays him and then Santa comes up behind her and uh you know, hits her over the head a bunch of times with a bell, blunts her to death. Rest in peace. Um, was it a bunch of times or was it just once? Eight times. I mean, you only see, I think, once or twice on camera, but it's the, the M.E. says eight times. Oh, okay. Um, and so a lot I, of eights. A lot of eights in this shit, crazy huh? Crazy eights, yes. Uh, eight cigarettes got smoked while waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then what was the first eight thing? Honestly, I don't know. Um, I Anyway, uh, I do like when they cut back. Stalmer gives a good zinger. He says, I guess she did not go gentle into that good night, which is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the shirts were uh, inspected by number eight. Right, right, right. And we learn that a neighbor heard some clanging, which is very similar to when Marty Eels heard a loud thud and then a clang, a thud and a clang. Sorry. No, it's fine. Um, and so, yeah, that that happened. <clears throat> and, um, sorry. Monk is so on she's the scene. Dead. Yeah, Monk's on the scene and the crowd is around there and they're all fucking crushing him. They're all, like, not happy with him, obviously, which... Asked how many reindeer sure. were killed today. Sure, yeah, I guess. Um, and so that's when we find out that this lady's name was Alice Dupois. And from the looks of it, it seemed like she had been waited for. It didn't seem like yes. it was uh, something that happened out of nowhere. Yeah, uh, because apparently eight cigarettes, uh, eight cigarette butts were outside, implying that mm-hmm. somebody was waiting for her. And they were chain smoking, which, uh, yep. man, that's, I can't, I don't smoke cigarettes. I've never smoked cigarettes. Cannot imagine. Eight cigarettes in uh, less than an hour? That's a no. What? That's horrible. Yeah, to ch- just ripping heaters. Um, yeah. And then as they're going through this, Natalie gets egged. Um, and I don't mean egged on. She gets an egg thrown at her. And then, of course, Monk freaks out because a little bit of uh, egg got on him. Yeah. Um, you know, who brought an egg with them? Great mm-hmm. question. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know who shows up randomly with a bunch of eggs, but okay, yeah. sure. And so we call to Natalie wiping herself off. And I do love the, the line of Monk says, those are my wipes. And then when she looks at him, says, that you, of course, can use. <laughs> right. So, you know, and we also get, like, Monk basically, you know, he's suspicious at this point. And what he seems to gather is that she was hit on the right side, implying that either the attacker was left-handed mm-hmm. or his arm was in a sling. Mm-hmm. So clearly he's still got... He's still got some suspicions about old St. Nick. Exactly. And he knows some candy canes. He learns that uh, the weapon of choice was a curved object. And Monk suspects it was a bell. And then he sees mm-hmm. three indentations in the dirt like an easel. Um, and so, oh, like a tripod? Yes, like a tripod. Uh, and so he concludes that Santa Claus did it. Um, and, uh, you know, then we cut to the... 
the planning meeting of the robbery. And did you see they were drinking a little uh, bullet bourbon? I don't know if you caught that. I did not catch that, but uh, cheers. Sorry, I actually have a uh, I have a liver ultrasound tomorrow. It has nothing with alcohol, but I just did feel like drinking alcohol. Uh, do you really? Yeah. It's not, why it's, do you have an? Why do you because have? Because I have a I have a fatty liver, which is when too much of your fat is stored in your liver, and it can be harmful later on in life. I'm fine now, but it's just thing I get checked periodically. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm I'm all good. It's just you know. I, and I also don't think that drinking alcohol tonight would harm it, but I don't want to have a really bad result and learn it's because I drank alcohol the night before, you know. And not because you were sucking on a chili dog. Exactly. Um, do need to limit that. Um, anyway, that um, we cut. So they're going over their plan, and we learn that one of the guys is going to be working in the gift shop. That basically the reason they killed Alice Dubois is because Alice works in the gift shop, and they needed that spot to be cleared. Yep. And the plan is to go tomorrow at 6, and then we go to Chucky Krogh. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, Monk's basically telling him that he's still convinced that it was Santa. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're not going to get... Whatever. Uh, Monk notices that there's some toys Mm -hmm. there. And Krogh reveals that he's been seeing kids a lot lately, um, and that they're, like, very... In some way, they're easier to... Well, they're very... They'll be fine. They're very resilient. Oh, they're resilient. They're very resilient, but you should leave in the side door. And I do love that Monk immediately understands this. Like, he doesn't... (laughs) He's just like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I should. I don't get what that means. Because if he goes to the main door, then the kids will see him. Oh, like, there were still kids waiting. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, I always assume that it's, like, at the end of the day for whatever reason. It looks late in there. Um, and then... We learned that Natalie's at Disher's party, uh, and Monk doesn't want, didn't want to go because he didn't want to, you know, ruin it. And we learn that because it's it doesn't make sense to me at all. Yeah, it's the tenth anniversary though of Trudy's death, and Krog was worried about him. And we learned that Trudy loved Christmas. Oh, okay. I didn't pick up on that. Oh, um, what do you mean pick up? They say the line, Trudy loved Christmas. She said that Christmas made the world seem softer. Like I said, I needed you to carry me through this because there was a lot of it. There's a lot of you, you, you got the one hand on the Mickey D's and the one hand on the fancy football chat. Yeah, basically. Um, what, um, what did you get from McDonald's? This is an important question. Oh, so, well, the thing was, I was actually on a happy hour call with some vendors earlier. So I texted my wife, and I was just like, I always get a quarter pounder with cheese. Yeah, always. Or a 10-piece chicken nugget. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. Um, and she ordered that, but it turns out she ended up ordering the deluxe quarter pounder with cheese. That's which I don't like. I don't like fast food tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're really disgusting, so. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it, it happens. You know, and yeah. if people say, I mean, I know you're a newlywed, but they, they say the important mar- thing about marriage is communication, so. <laughs> Right. No. Right. So, I'm sorry. Um, no, 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 no. You're good. And, and so Kroger asked about ch- uh, Christmas growing up, which this you know, is where I got. This yes, is where I'm which in. you yeah. know is going to be funny. So talk a little about it. Right. So yeah, Kroger. Yeah, asked about childhood Christmases, and you know, Monk's like, oh, well, which one? And Kroger pulls one out of his ass. He says 1964, which I don't know how old Tony Shalhoub is, but I can't imagine he was more than two. Like three, four years old at the time? No, he definitely was older than that. Because my mom was born in 63, and Tony Shalhoub was like 10 years older than my mom. Tony Shalhoub was born in 1953, so he would have been 11. No shit! So he's like almost 60. Well, in real life or in the show? Oh, wait, no, he is 60. He's 67. Holy shit! That's insane to me. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, so yeah, 1964... Um, he goes through the whole fucking... Mom was sick, dad was dead, was and Ambrose locked himself in the basement. He was smart. <laughs> yeah, and Kroger was like, oh, well, like, you know, you must have gotten something nice for Christmas. And yeah, Monk got something nice. He got a walkie-talkie. And Kroger's like, oh, well, you know, just, like, what do you mean? You got a set, right? Like, you know, you Well, no, two. he says, you well, know. I love playing with walkie-talkies. And he's like, no, 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 no. One yeah. walkie-talkie. Yeah, just one though, because his dad uh, pointed out the fact that he didn't have any friends, so there's no point in I having another one. I can tell that that was a joke that when the room of comedy writers thought of it, like that's just a, you're, when you're trying to think of a sad gift, like a one walkie-talkie is that's truly if it's played for comedy, it is one of those things that's a, it's an automatic laugh, and if it's played for sadness, it is the saddest thing you've ever heard. Um, yeah, yeah. But then that a light bulb goes off though, because Monk remembers that Ken Worthy had a walkie-talkie. He knows why he was on that roof. 
Yeah, and uh, and we go right to that roof. Well, um, first Monk runs out of the uh, through the front door, and you hear, "Oh, it's him! It's the bad man!" So damn, I fucking missed that. But yeah, so they're back on the roof, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> what Monk gathers, or what he he tells the audience at this point, mm-hmm. basically, that there was a walkie-talkie in the stuff that was getting logged by Disher mm-hmm. um, when they were going through all the toys and shit. And so he gathers that Kenworthy was using that the day that he was throwing all the the you know the stuffed animals off the roof <clears throat> and um and so we basically get confirmation kind of that the crew was trying to rob the star of bethlehem mm-hmm. until monk interrupted them exactly because he was a diversion correct he was a diversion and um you know unfortunately alice dubois was she got a, she had to get taken care of in order mm-hmm. for them to get one of their boys in there mm-hmm. with the exhibit and yeah, and so instead of running back the same plan with Santa, they block the road with a big semi-truck. Did you see what company the semi-truck is? Uh, no. It was for Beckham Brothers Quarry, which is, of course... Oh, BB Barbecue, right. Yeah. Um, and the driver's using a walkie-talkie, which is somehow evidence for Monk. Whatever, people use walkie-talkies. And then we see the, ro- the robbers rolling up as Brandy's finishing a report, and they pull an op- They pull an anti-Banksy. They enter through the gift shop. Yeah, they enter through the gift shop. Uh, they have an inside man, right? Mm-hmm. The redhead guy? Mm-hmm. Yes. I didn't see him at the meeting. Was he at the meeting? Yes, he was at the meeting. Okay. Yeah, so they let him in, and sure enough, they they break open the case. And this they feels take way the too star. easy. Where is the security? Uh, yeah, this must have been a really tiny museum or something. Mm-hmm. Like I have no idea, mm-hmm. but whatever. It works. They end up taking the fucking diamond, sure enough, or whatever the Star of Bethlehem is. And, mm-hmm. um, and so they leave the place, and one of the guys sees um kenworthy outside you know masquerading as santa claus and and uh hands off the diamond mm-hmm. hands off the star of bethlehem and monk is already onto them so he like comes out basically tries to stop them and then it just becomes a foot chase right yeah, i do I, like a line though that when monk says i'm going after santa and natalie goes not again are you ten thousand yeah. percent sure and then as she's running away, he says it's hard on me too <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, of course, Brandy sees this happening and is following the whole thing. And, yes, there is a chase. And, of course, they run through a chorus, Christmas chorus of children, um, which, you know. Right. And then Santa tries to steal a guy's motorcycle. Monk throws him down. And as this is all happening, you still hear the kids singing. There is no way the kids are still singing. The parents are rushing yeah, them yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, and he starts getting fucking his... Sh- he starts getting fucking worked, honestly. Yeah. Like, this guy gets a couple of good punches on him. I'm surprised yeah. that he was able to handle that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, he ends up pulling out a knife, which makes the whole crowd like, oh, wait, maybe this guy isn't good. Which, you know. Bad maybe when, he, maybe when he tried to steal a motorcycle, you should realize that. But then Monk picks up a big candy cane from, like, this Christmas exhibit. And he, uh, like he was doing outside of the apartment complex, Monk rings his bell. Right. I was kind of hoping he would do like that, um, like the black fraternity thing where they would like be dancing with the candy canes and stuff like that, like stomp the yard kind of mm, shit. Yeah, that would have been real sick. That would have been real sick if that just happened in there. Um, yeah. Yep. Definitely would have made a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> anyway, Santa's arrested, and uh, Stommer has the diamond, which is because there's no way that there's not immediately like an insurance adjuster there who has the a diamond. The diamond. Um, Anyway. Right. And luckily for them, they didn't put... it was it, The diamond wasn't a piece of coal that someone put in Monk's butt. It was yeah. a legitimate diamond. Yeah, exactly. Although, if you put where, a piece of where coal... Where was that from? Again? Uh, which, which I episode? Probably another one about Christmas. I don't know. But if you if you put a piece of coal up there, it would become a diamond. Um, yeah. And, you know, Brandy's doing a wrap-up. And Monk is asked about what it's like to be a hero. And he, all they can say is he's a bad Santa. Which, you know... Yeah. Yeah, and then he mentioned something about buying somebody an eggnog. Is that well? What she it? says that she'll buy uh, her cameraman an eggnog. Um, which, what's your opinion on eggnog? Um, honestly, I uh, didn't have it growing up, mm-hmm. like ever. Obviously, because I wasn't twenty-one or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing that Hispanic people usually drink. Sure, but, it's incredibly um, white beverage. I'll say, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll say this. Um, ever since I saw that episode of Jackass where they do, like, the eggnog chugging contest, I couldn't drink eggnog after that. I grew up drinking eggnog without the alcohol in it every Christmas. So I'm a 
massive eggnog fan. It's, it's, and what I did this Christmas was that my parents have, I guess like people in their community, there's this whiskey they like that's like peanut butter flavored. And Oh, I, started, I know the one. My yeah, wife loves that one. Yeah, I started mixing that into eggnog. Holy shit. Holy shit. The peanut butter whiskey, what's it called? Screwball. Screwball. Yes, that's screwball. Screwball yeah. in eggnog is unreal. Anyway. I could see that being good, but I just can't drink I that know, much I, I, of it. I'm Dairy and drinking? Yeah. I'm not going to try to convince anyone to drink a be- uh, beverage that's made of mostly eggs and like heavy cream. I'm not going to do that. I'll say this. The closest I get to that is I used to love drinking fucking White Russians. And that was even before I ever saw the Big Lebowski. So. I've, yeah. White Russians, I honestly, I was kind of disappointed the first time I had one. Didn't really, didn't do much for me. Um, I don't really like coffee that much, so that's why. Anyway. Okay. Um, but... Uh, we get cuts Christmas night, Christmas Eve, excuse me, and Bunk wants to take down all of. Uh, well, first Julie gets a taste of eggnog and says she doesn't like egg, uh, alcohol, which is what every fifteen-year-old says when they have alcohol, like as a sip. Not me. Oh yeah, sure. Most do. Um, yeah. And uh, mm. they're like, okay, not, maybe not fifteen, but like when you're a kid and your parents let you have alcohol for the first time, I don't think any kid's gonna have one sip of alcohol and be like, mmm, yummy. Not any cool kids I know. That's, that's true. Sure. I wasn't cool. But Monk's trying to take down all the decorations is what I'm trying to say. Yes. He's trying to take down all the decorations. You know, he's had enough of Christmas. Um, and, you know, mercifully, we don't hear anything about, like, him being upset. Like, like mm. I said, I think that's the part I like the most about the episode mm. is that everyone thinks that he's down bad because of, like, mm. um, you know, Trudy's death. Yeah. But he doesn't even refer to it, like, once, yeah. like, as himself. Yeah. So respect. And so they're like, you know, just relax. Natalie takes off his shoes. They put a Christmas hat on and give him a cookie, and he starts to feel something, and he doesn't like it. Yeah, he gets a massive erection. Mm-hmm. No, and he uses um, the Santa hat to cover it. <laughs> no, what does he feel? He just feels relaxed. He feels or what? no joy. Oh, he feels joy. That's what it is. I think because okay. you missed it the first time, you didn't notice it the second time that, that it's about joy. And then yeah, he yeah. you know falls asleep with a smile on, and they try to take. A he selfie. doesn't fall asleep. He, Sorry, just yeah. closes, his he eyes. closes his eyes with a smile on. He tries to take a selfie. And wouldn't you know it, uh, he doesn't like the cookie, and he's, it makes a bad face when they take the photo. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, that's that's curtains. Yes. I, you know, what do you give this episode out of 10? Actually, I haven't rated it. This is like the first episode I didn't rate before getting on here. And um, I'm honestly just going to give it like a 7.5. Yeah, I gave it a 7.5 as well. Um, it's like it's a little uneven at times. I think there's a lot of funny moments, but it doesn't the cohesiveness of like the crime is kind of haphazard. Um, also, there's just some stuff that's kind. I don't know. It's not fully satisfying as a full episode unit. Um, I think it's a very interesting idea, but anyway, uh, it wasn't Christmassy enough for me. It needed to have mm, been more. I think that would have made it. Yeah. That would have been better. Yeah, and, and also like I don't know. I think that the. Uh, I think that while it's not ends up not being about Trudy's death, I actually personally don't like that they mention it and then there's no resolution to it. Even if the right. resolution no to point. it, even if the resolution to it is Monk saying that he's okay, that it's he's not affected, you actually don't. You can say that Monk it's that Monk isn't feeling anything because of Trudy's death being ten years ago. We actually just don't know that he just never mentions it. Like I, I think that right. it just it's kind of an open question, and I wish that there's something. That it was resolved in some way, even if the res- resolution is that um, is that he doesn't actually care. That I just wish that resolution was there. Anyway, right? Yeah, it just seems weird that they would even mention it that many times yeah. without it actually being a thing. Exactly. One thing we mention every episode is that you can follow the show at Strictly Monken. Uh, Andre, would people follow you on Twitter? You can follow me at Andre Pereira. And you can follow me at the J Christie. I don't know about you, but I, I still don't have it yet. You know the new Twitter feature, the tip jar? Have you gotten yours yet? Uh, no, but I can't imagine anyone's going to be dipping Yeah, I'm going to say this. If you want to tip either me or the, the official account, or I mean, feel free. Um, please, only in 69 cent increments. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, please rate, review, subscribe. Tell the biggest Monk fan in your life about the show. And the second biggest Monk fan, too. Um, but more important than all that, tune in next week as we talk about Mr. Monk Joins a Cult. 
I say to the congregation, let's get monkey. I have no idea why that's a cult thing, but I'm just doing it.